Episode 97, Find a Parade and Get in Front. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. The Game Changers with Jason Jennings, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, USA Today bestselling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, reinvention. Jason, great to be with you today. Dale, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I look forward to getting together with you. Uh, hearing the questions you ask me and putting these podcasts together. I absolutely love this. We have a great time. So when I saw the title, Find a Parade and Get in Front, it took me back probably 20 years in my broadcast news career. So as a television news anchor, especially in small communities, a lot of times you almost feel like a politician. You're spending a lot of time out meeting people and spending time with the viewers. And one of the things we did every year was get into a parade as the news team and walk yes. walk through the town. And I remember always wanted to be, you usually couldn't be at the front of the parade. That was for somebody else. But you always wanted to be really close to the front of the parade because that's where you captured attention. If you got placed in the middle or in the back, you're just part of the noise that's going along. But you wanted to be up at the front of the parade in order to have everybody's attention as you walk through the parade. Yeah, it does draw a very vivid image, doesn't it? It Find does. a parade and then, uh, you know, grab a bugle and jump in front of the parade. Uh, you know, very often I've thought, I read a lot. I try to digest about 100 different uh, magazines and newsletters uh, every single month. I, I just want to stay on top of things for the benefit of my clients uh, all around the world and for the benefit of all of my speeches. I, I need to know what's going on. And occasionally I'll be reading Forbes or Fortune or one of the magazines, come up with a, a name and a picture of somebody. I, I've never heard of their company. I've never heard about them. And uh, all of a sudden I see, uh, my Lord, I mean, their company has gone from nothing to several billion dollars in a few years. How in the world did this possibly happen? And you always want to say, gosh, they, they must have been very lucky, I suppose. And I always remember the words that I heard on the radio as a very young kid. And I hope that everybody will hear these words and remember them if they take nothing else from the podcast, which is this. Luck is when preparedness meets opportunity. So that guy or that woman I'm reading about who's built a several billion dollar company out of nothing and has achieved it in a relatively short period of time, they weren't lucky at all in the classic sense of the word. What they had done is they had found a parade and they had jumped in front of the parade because they realized that luck occurs when preparedness meets opportunity. You know, Dale, everybody has always wanted to see the future. I mean, if I just would have known that, if I just could have seen that coming. And so we've turned to fortune tellers and astrologers. Back in 300 BC, it was said that Pythia, most people have not heard of Pythia, uh, but they probably heard of the, she was more commonly known as the Oracle of Delphi, could tell the future. And everybody went to this high priestess, the Oracle of Delphi, to ask what the future was going to pretend for them. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm not sure about the Oracle of Delphi, but it does seem to me that there are certain people who have an uncanny sensibility to know what's about to happen and then capitalize on it before everyone else jumps on board. 
And uh, for my book, It's Not the Big That Eat the Small, It's the Fast That Eat the Slow, uh, I went back to that very first book where we wrote about the five things that you've got to be constantly watching for to allow you to see the future. And when you see the future, you can find that parade, grab that bugle, and jump in front of the parade. And so here are those five things. One of them are government-led drivers. You know, governments all around the world are constantly up to mischief all the time, uh, passing regulations and rules and laws. And yet it's a veritable gold mine for people who stay in front of government-led drivers. Let me give you a couple of examples. A number of years ago, somebody was bright enough uh, to realize that uh, Medicare was actually going to pay for scooters for people who were immobile in their homes, that the best way of dealing with that was to provide them uh, scooters, uh, provide them a, a way of being ambulatory. And so, of course, somebody formed the company, the scooter company, and everybody has seen those television commercials on all of the news channels all the time. The same with the government decided that uh, rather than sending people to clinics and hospitals, they should be able to test their blood sugar at home. The same thing with catheters. Why send somebody to a hospital where they can get an infection, let them do their catheters at home? And all of a sudden, it became just a very simple formula. I mean, get your catheters in a box in the mail at your home, and it won't cost you any money at all. And if you're somebody who has a need for that type of medical device, you were all over it. Or blood testing if you happen to have diabetes. And so if you look at what the government is doing and what the government-led drivers are, there's tremendous opportunities to jump in front of the parade and be in front. So that's government-led drivers. The second are technology-led drivers. Uh, we are rapidly becoming, and I've been talking about this for the past 20 years, we're becoming a world of haves and have-nots. And the haves are the people who can use uh, technology and manipulate data and move it from place to place. And the have-nots are the people who are not technologically savvy. So there's government-led drivers, and then next there's technology-led drivers. And that's why you always have to have a, a keen and open and focused eye on where is technology taking us? Because you might be able to find a parade and get in front. The third are customer-led drivers. It's why great companies are constantly asking their customers, what else could we do for you? What else would you want? Maybe 80% of the stuff you'll hear is hogwash, but I'll tell you what, if you're constantly asking the question, like Procter & Gamble employs thousands of people just asking the questions, what else do you want? How do you live? How else could we help you live your life? And they do that in a couple of hundred countries around the world. I mean, they're constantly finding ways to find a parade and get in front. So it's government-led drivers. It's technology-led drivers. It's customer-led drivers. The fourth are capital-led drivers. Where is the smart money going now? Well, I would tell you that I believe uh, Ford's pretty smart. They've had a few missteps, but right now they're in good shape. I believe uh, General Motors has had a couple of missteps, but they're in darn good shape right now. They're reaping record profits. And so they've got a lot of cash. Where, where is that smart money going? Well, if you read the financial press at all uh, over the past six months, I mean, hundreds of millions and billions are being invested in driverless vehicles and in ride-sharing technology and companies like Lyft and company like Ubers. Is there still time to find a parade and get in front in that space? I'm guessing that there are all kinds of niches you can get into. So the fourth one is capital-led drivers. And then the fifth one is what is your competition up to? What are they doing? 
what is your competition in a, a across the country or in a different nation? What are they doing? If you're in the laundry and dry cleaning business, I mean, go to another country. Find out what laundry and laundries and dry cleaners are doing. It doesn't have to be what your competitor across the street is doing. It's what are others doing in other places who are in the same business as you. And so if you want to have a better track record than the Oracle Delphi, uh, Pythia, if you want to be able to see the future, you have to be constantly looking in five areas. Customer-led drivers, technology-led drivers, capital-led drivers, government-led drivers, and competitor-led drivers. And that's going to allow you to find a parade that's just being formed. I mean, you don't want to get mowed down by a parade. You want to find that parade while it's just forming. You want to grab your bugle. You want to run right in front and blow your horn as you walk down Main Street. You want to be out in front, absolutely. So I want to pause on competitor-led drivers really quick and open up our thinking to the global nature. And you have the benefit of traveling around the world and and seeing things, but we tend to be insulated based on our geography. Everything's happening around us, unless you're in Mm -hmm. a big global company. But, you know, you look at most of the business that happens in a country, and, and most of it is small business, and that's where people get insulated it really would you say that it really pays to watch what's happening around the world and in other countries in your industry so that you can see a parade before it hits the shores of your country today there is no excuse not to travel how has china i mean i remember visiting china only 25 years ago for my first time landing in shanghai and being told by the guide who met me at the airport that it was 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and we were going to be caught in one of the biggest traffic jams in the world. And then he smiled. He said, come, I want to show you our traffic jam. And, Dale, I can't even begin to describe what I encountered only 25 years ago. I encountered 9 million people on bicycles in Shanghai. No automobiles, bicycles. Today, only a couple of decades later, if you took a bicycle in Shanghai... I mean, you'd be DOA within a couple of minutes. I mean, take a look at what this incredible nation China has done. They didn't do it from being insular and staying in China. The Chinese swarmed all over the world in search of the best way of doing things. One of the greatest hotbeds of technology and industry are India and Sri Lanka. They didn't stay insular in India and Sri Lanka and try to figure it out on their own. They traveled the world to find out what other people were doing. You know, it is inexcusable today for anybody to say they can't afford to travel. Uh, Go online. I mean, you can fly that Norwegian air carrier, I mean, for a couple of hundred bucks to to Europe. You can fly Turkish air for a few hundred dollars in coach. If you don't have have a lot of money, you can fly coach almost any place in the world. I mean, for uh, there and back for less than $1,000. So whatever business you're in, I mean, you need to pick some other geography and you need to say, okay, I mean, in the next year, I'm going to invest $10,000 in me and I'm going to make four trips to other places. One of the things that happens to most companies that never achieve their full economic potential is the leadership gets so busy working in their business or working for their business that they never seize the opportunity to work on their business. So just a modest $10,000 investment in yourself over the course of a year could allow you to make four trips to other regions of the world to find out what people in your business are doing. I promise you'd do that 
and you're going to find a, a few parades information and allow you to grab that bugle or that snare drum and jump in front of the parade. It's inexcusable to be insular today. Fantastic. Wow. Great advice to wrap up this edition of The Game Changers. Any final words for us, Jason? Sure. My email is jason at jason-jennings.com. Love getting uh, email. Love responding to email. Uh, I think I'm uh, just about all caught up. And so I look forward to being able to keep my finger on the pulse of what's going on by hearing from the incredible people who uh, listen to The Game Changers. And I can't wait to be with you again Next week, Dale, we're coming perilously close to our 100th episode. We're going to have to figure out what we're going to do that's very special for that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. This is 97, and we're just a few away. So we'll look forward to that. Thank you so much, Jason. The conversation is always fantastic, always something I look forward to. We'll talk to you again next week. I'll remind our listeners, Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today calls one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. So to find out how you can arrange to have Jason keynote your next event or leadership conference to learn about his fees and availability, take a look at the website. It's jason-jennings.com. Click the contact button, follow the instructions, and you are set to go. This is The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.